0: Calling all LGBTQ youth, it's time for Queer Church Camp. Registration for the Naming Project Summer Camp is now
1: open! The Naming Project is for LGBTQ youth and their allies between 13 to 18 years old who want to explore who God made them to be and how they move and live in this world.
0: The Naming Project Summer Camp will be July 17th through the 22nd at beautiful Bay Lake Camp in Minnesota. That's right, camp on an island. What could be more gorgeous? And
1: the theme of this summer is live the truth we'll talk about knowing the truth
0: about yourself and sharing that truth with the world so be yourself and live your truth join a caring and faithful community this summer at the naming project
1: visit thenamingproject.org to learn more and register today Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another reaping and creeping episode of Yas Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my creepy bestie.
0: <laughs> Azariah Southworth. <laughs> and sit down on the pew-pew-pews. We
1: have a great show for you. You're going to love it because here at Yas Jesus, we believe...
0: Christian colleges and universities are going to reap what they sow. That is
1: right. And we're going to get right into the nitty-gritty of all that right after <laughs>
0: All right, Danny, this is related to our main topic. So, I'm going to give you a little info, but we'll get into this more later in the episode. I was going to share with you the news that came out of the U.S. Department of Education. They have started a civil rights investigation into how it disciplines LGBTQ students at Brigham Young University. But the Department of Education has already closed this investigation. Well, that was quick, like really quick. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. A complaint was filed way back in March of 2020, stating that Brigham Young University treats LGBTQ students in same gender, romantic relationships differently than other students. It said that the honor code was being unfairly enforced and the Department of Education investigation was opened in October of 2021. And Brigham Young University said the investigation should be dismissed because they are a religious school so they can do whatever they want, Mm. no matter how much federal money they receive.
1: Uh oh, well, you know, Brigham Young has a long history of treating LGBTQ students differently. In 2020, they took language of what it was called what they called homosexual behavior out of the honor code. And some students thought this meant it would be safer to be queer and jolly on campus. However, a few weeks after the announcement of the change, the administration said that same-sex dating was still banned. Banned, but just not in the honor code. Well, it makes total sense to me. Actually, no. It doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah, and I don't think a school that once practiced electric shock conversion therapy on their LGBTQ students is going to be a university that changes course or their actions really anytime soon. But BYU is a Mormon university, or more formally known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they will also punish students for holding hands or kissing someone of the same sex.
1: This moment of gay Christian news is connected with our overall episode theme and our guest about LGBTQ students on Christian campuses. But you're going to have to wait just a moment until after we have our praise report and our prayer request. Now, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is the praise report and prayer request section of our show. This is where if you have a little something extra that uh, you want to hallelujah about this week, well, we'll hallelujah along and praise God with you. But if you have something extra that you want us to add to our prayer list and you want our listeners to help pray with you for, then we're here for you also and you could give us a prayer request. Um, we're going to start with a praise report. This one comes from Nate. Nate says, Hey there, I just wanted to drop a note saying how thankful I am for you, for your podcast and for your love of God. It's so refreshing and beautiful to hear other gay men live life and love God the way I do. I was born and raised in the assembly of god in a small town in new mexico i am very well adjusted to life now as a gay man with an amazing husband and two beautiful children our family is wonderful and loves my husband as their own Thank you for sharing your love and the love of God to the world. You make a difference in my life every time I listen. As I send this, knowing you will probably never see it. Ha <laughs> ha, we did. Um, it's in my prayer that God continues to use you to teach and spread love. Uh, thank you again, and many continued blessings to you. Nate, we did see it, and you're being seen, and we are so grateful to have you here as a part of our community on Yash Jesus. And now, we are praising along with you. So, thank you for that praise yes. report. Yeah, that was good. That gave me a little (laughs) bit of pep in my stamp. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a prayer request, Azzy. Yes,
0: our prayer request comes to us from someone who just wants to name herself as Girl with the Glasses. And Girl with the Glasses is asking for a prayer for new beginnings. I have to move across the country, she says, super last minute. So, Girl with the Glasses is asking prayer for that and we are praying for traveling mercies, for uh, logistical miracles, and mm. and that the transition for you will be smooth and that you're going to be safe and, and be able to keep on carrying on with what you need to get done.
1: I love that. Girl with the Glasses. Azzy, share it with Girl with the Glasses uh, your mom's travel Mercy prayer.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, girl with the glasses, this is what my mom always prayed. Anytime we got in the car before we went anywhere, she would say, I command all deer and wildlife to stay out my pathway and in their own in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus in front and behind, beside, on left, right, above, and beneath, and we command our angels to go out before us, behind us, in all directions to protect us. So, yes. take that with you as you travel. I love
1: that. We are definitely praying for travel mercy for you, girl, with the glasses. Moving across the country is a big feat and super last minute. Sounds you know, yeah. intimidating, to say the least. So, we got your back and we are praying for your strength and clarity and a good journey. Um, we'll be right back yes. after this break with all of you and the scripture of the day.
2: This is Melinda Hale, and make sure you check out my new song, God and His Gun, dropping on iTunes and Spotify on August 20th. You're listening to Yes, Jesus.
1: And now it's time for the everyone's favorite horrible song, the, the scripture, scripture of the day. Of the day. It's so food. That's right, Azzy. It's so food. Just stop. It's a, you're going to read. <laughs> no. you know, we're going to let you read. I'll sing you read. Uh, this is scripture of the day. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> I know. You don't have to. It let is. your little light shine. Um, we have the scripture <laughs> of the day speaking of a little bit of light at this point. Azzy, tell us what it is.
0: 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully.
1: And now for the gospel, the meat and taters, okay? The Religious Exemption Accountability Project is reaping some great results. You can see their great work at thereap.org. By the way, get ready for many reaping jokes over the course of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) There will be many, so buckle up if you can stand that. Um, As you tell us more.
0: <laughs> well, if you don't know, the REAP launched last year with two major projects designed to help LGBTQ students at conservative Christian colleges and universities. First, they filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Education, which is a bold move, honey. <laughs> and the goal was to make the Department of Education take the discrimination against LGBTQ students seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah, second, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> they released a study documenting the negative effects and outcomes discrimination on campus has against LGBTQ students.
1: And that's so important because, you know, LGBTQ causes are are so poorly documented. Our sexuality is so poorly mm-hmm. documented. Um, every once in a while, they'll like drop something when they want to tell us not to do something, but without the studies and basis and things that are, need- that are needed. And so I think what REAP does is incredible because... They take a lot of time to at least let the schools know what's going on. Some of them are not even aware. They just turn a blind eye yeah. to these people, and it's important yeah. for them to know the statistics. Now, we've talked about The Reap several times here on the show because they keep making the gay Christian news. Uh, but today, I'm excited <laughs> making that them we can di- Yes, making them headlines, <laughs> making waves, doing the work. And we're excited that we can yes. dive deep with The Reap. Uh, we are joined by Aaron Green. The campus and alumni organizer for Reap, who is going to give us all the juicy tea and details on the project and a few of the stories that they've heard while working with Reap. Thank you so much for joining us, Aaron. Yes, Aaron. Hi
2: y'all. I'm so excited to be here. Hey.
1: Yes, yes we are so stoked to have you here. You're doing the yeah. good, godly work out there and we love it. Uh, Thank you know, you. For, you know, first we've talked in the past about the lawsuit and the study. Um now, are those still major two two areas of focus for REAP, um, and is there more that you're doing? Yes,
2: yeah, so the lawsuit is massive. Um, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the filing, which was at the end of March. So that's still an ongoing um, piece of the work that we do. Um, and the report is mainly a public education piece that we have for folks who Need to get statistical information on like what it's like for queer and trans students attending um, religious colleges around the United States, and and basically what happens to them. You know, they're they're more prone to having suicidal ideation, drug and alcohol abuse, um, isolation, depression, anxiety, things like that, just because of the non-affirming languages that occur in. Certain Mm -hmm. school policies. So that's what the report provides is just kind of some educational pieces for the public. Um, But beyond that, we also do student organizing. That's what I'm responsible for. And the public education piece as well as collaborating with new partners and things like that. So we've got a lot of things kind of rolling out right now, which is really great
1: that age is such a vulnerable age. You know, you're tr- just trying to figure out who you are, what you're going to be in life and where you're going to go. And all of this negative language and all of this uh, s- stuff that the, some of these non-affirming places uh, put upon them, make them question their own identity um, in a way that is detrimental to them with their growth.
2: Yeah, you're right. And part of the hurdle, I think for reap and what we do is, is like explaining why, LGBTQ students wind up in these spaces, because that's the biggest like chasm between us and the public um, giving us support. People ask the question like, why on earth is an LGBTQ person at a Christian school? If they treat them so badly, you know, why don't they just leave and things like that? And it's obviously not that easy. So answering that question well Um, is something that we have to do, uh, and explaining why, you know, these folks have faith, too, (laughs) and it's not something that they necessarily want to just jettison. Um, Uh, But there are several reasons why, you know, queer and trans students end up in these spaces, and it's through no fault of their own.
0: For some, I know for me, I every single day of my childhood, I heard my dad say the same prayer. And part of the prayer was that all of his children would graduate from Oral Roberts University. And so, it's ingrained in us to be part of these spaces. It's, it's part of our identity. It's part of our history um, to, to be a part of these spaces. And when I did the Equality Right back in 2008, um, I had just gotten fired from being host on TBN uh, because I came out. And then got on the bus with like 20 other LGBTQ activists and visited mostly faith-based universities that had policies banning openly LGBTQ students. And what I learned, the really dangerous environment that those policies and the language and this toxic theology that it creates for these uh, students is that when they are being harassed, they can't report it. Absolutely. And that makes them more of, um, puts them in more danger, puts them in more th- uh, in a threatening situation. And so if we are going to be good stewards of the word, honey, <laughs> mm. we need to be mindful of the people that are uh, are in our presence. And some of them are LGBTQ people because like you said, we too are part of the faith and, and we have to have space for us as well.
1: A perspective that was brought to my attention that I didn't even think about before was, if you know, what if... A same-sex relationship was an abusive relationship, and, and the person who was the victim in that relationship couldn't even call for help for fear of losing all of their credits, for fear of, like, exposing who they were to their family and to the community. Um, you know, a lot of people, I mean, that's, like, something you don't even think about. Like, there's so many little tiny idiosyncratic things that could be happening in a person's life. Our life, our lives are all sagas, and I love that you're here to protect the youth uh, because they need it. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And Erin, you have a ton of students and alumni involved with the lawsuits, and they represent so many schools—not just little Bible colleges and podunk towns, but some major schools that we've all heard of. Um, so, can you tell us about the students that you've gotten to work with and what their experiences are like?
2: Sure. I mean, they've—it's pretty wild, actually. A lot of their stories will sound very similar. Um, you know, there's transgender students getting kicked out just for being trans. Um, Mm -hmm. and being told or being basically being told, uh, you have an option to leave, you know, quietly, um, or we will dismiss you kind of situation, which is awful. Um, Mm -hmm. there's other, you know, policies at various, my alma mater is listed in the lawsuit. Actually, I went to Azusa Pacific university in, um, Southern Mm -hmm. California and um, I'm also very familiar with the Equality Rides in Force, by the way. Um, so yeah, there's these students are really linked together by, I think, a common thread and a common narrative, whether they're you know, gay or trans or queer or identify as whatever. Um, they're basically being told, you're not welcome here because of that, because of how you identify. So while I can't get into like all the specifics about the case because it's the litigation part of the case, um, I can say that there are current students who are not involved in the litigation that um, where this is happening to over and over and over again, and we're getting reached out to on a daily basis by these mm-hmm. students. And um, it's just awful that it seems like the current trend at these schools right now seems to be one of digging in their heels and really not wanting to be open to any kind of change or any kind of inclusivity or, you know, love and things like that, which is terrible. So, we have a lot of work ahead of us. This isn't going away anytime soon. Um, but it does make us quite unique in that we're the only ones doing this kind of work right now on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's why the amount of support that we get is so critical and vital, you know, um, so that we can help these students.
0: And we had a Azusa Pacific University alumni, Melinda Hill, on, uh, on our show. So uh, listeners, uh, check out that episode with Melinda Hale and also just check out her music because she's fabulous. Um, but she talked yeah, she, a lot yeah. about um, her experience with that on, uh, while she was a student there. Are you working with current students or are they mostly former students who are now in a safer place um, in your litigation process and, and what you guys are doing at REAP?
2: So I work a lot with current students who aren't, ne- they're not involved with the litigation piece. So they're not listed as a plaintiff okay. or a punitive plaintiff or anything like that. Okay. But they are students right now attending, like I can talk about, for instance, Fresno Pacific University in the Central Valley of California. Mm-hmm. Um, They were just denied uh, eligibility to create a pride club on their campus, a place of safety and um, solace for them. And it was the first time in the school's history that a club has ever been denied. And obviously we all know why it's because they're queer (laughs) um, and it's because it's a pride club, you know. Mm -hmm. But these students have really rallied together, gotten tons of clergy members from the area to be galvanized and support them. They filed an accreditation complaint against the school. They filed a Title IX complaint against the school. So students are really starting to learn about how they can protect themselves while they're in these spaces Mm -hmm. and the things that they can do. And of course, like, REAP Mm -hmm. is coming up alongside them and helping them, educating them, like, trying to train them on the different various ways that they can do this, especially in the midst of a pandemic, because – um, maybe protesting is kind of off the table right now or direct action organizing because of COVID and things like that. But there are other ways for these students to um, speak up and to make their marks. Um, and, and that's certainly happening right now as we speak actually, which is very cool. Yeah.
1: You know, with some of the work that I've done in uh, Washington with HIV and AIDS, with the Elizabeth AIDS Foundation, they always tell us when asking constituents even when we're going to speak to congress we're going to talk to people to always tell your personal stories that personal stories have some people think who am i i'm just one person it's it's those intimate stories that really do affect us and i feel like the study was good at providing some data and it was well backed up with stories i can imagine that you've heard some pretty harrowing stories working with students and alumni Uh, is there anything that you could share with us
2: Sure. I can well, share like stories. Yeah, there's there's a ton of stories. I can share my own personal story too and how I how I've gotten involved in this work and directly with Reed. I went to first Biola University and I transferred, which is that's not an easy thing for students to do, but I transferred because it was so bad at Biola. I consider it to be like the Liberty University of the West Coast, basically. It's <laughs> not it's not a Good great boy. situation. But I had yeah. Professors during lectures saying things like, you know, homosexuality is ruining the world, things like that. And in a chapel, you know, and we're forced to go to chapel. Those kinds of things happen every day for the student. They're forced to go to these classes and listen to professors and chaplains and pastors disavowing being LGBTQ. And I ended up transferring to Azusa Pacific University and leading their queer underground movement there. And it wasn't much different than Biola University, where I was also leading their queer underground movement. But we were able to change a policy at Azusa Pacific University, which previously banned romanticized same-sex relationships, in air quotes. And um, they removed that policy after we had spent quite some time trying to get them to remove it. And they finally did. But again, there was recently a transgender student kicked out of Lincoln Christian University. This is actually where one of those Title IX investigations was opened up and is still opened up. This person, she's also a veteran. It's Mm -hmm. it's just awful, the kinds of treatment Mm -hmm. that happen to these students. And and now I I believe that that school is like (laughs) doubling down and saying, you know, this transgender person is attacking our school and Things like that, which is just awful. So, but the the stories go on and on and on. But again, common threads, very similar things happening to students. They're getting uh, positions removed, you know, if they are employed by the school.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: They're getting scholarships removed. They're being asked to leave quietly. The schools are doing what they can to try to protect themselves too and leaving no paper trails behind you know no written yeah. documentation that this is what they're doing to the student everything is verbal uh-huh. so we're we're really wary of those things that are happening and making sure that these students like get everything in writing but it's it's pretty scary out there right now
0: when i traveled to these some of these universities I only got to experience for, like, I think it was two, two, three days at most, uh, what these students got to experience. And I remember being in Arkansas, and, you know, when we would, we would contact these schools months in advance, I think a year in advance, saying, hey, next year we are looking to come to your school, we'd like to have set up a meeting, a discussion with your staff administration about the policies that you have that affect your LGBTQ students. And... Uh, only one school agreed to have a conversation with us, and the re- rest of them uh, said that if we stepped foot on their property, they would arrest us so then we would go into direct action mode and we would s- stay on the sidewalk and make ourselves available just to be seen so that the LGBTQ students knew that there were people there um, to to speak with them to support them and At some of these schools, there would be mobs of students there waiting for us already as our bus Pulled up. And I remember in Mississippi, um, we were just standing on the sidewalk, we were holding a candlelight vigil. And trucks were passing by, throwing things at us, telling us, you know, saying derogatory things, telling us to go back where we came from. Our bus got vandalized in Florida. The president of one Baptist university in Arkansas came out and yelled at us and was like, students tell me that they regret that you're here. Just, just very unwelcoming, un-Christ, unchrist-like approach and spirit about it all. That's mm. how you know it's the antichrist spirit, according to <laughs> you. know, like it, it was not, it was, did not Produce the fruits of the spirit.
2: Absolutely,
0: but it seems. It seems to me that, that like you guys are making some tremendous progress, and our Gay Christian News was about a Department of Education investigation of Brigham Young. Um, do you have any more details about that that you can tell us? Because we know that it was dropped, but is there anything more that we should know?
2: Uh, I mean, the students there are are very uh, active, which is great, and they're planning things. Um, right now, in response, it was it was pretty bad news. Obviously, c- you know, to close an investigation that quickly, um, but I think it goes to show the amount of power that these institutions have and how much dismantling work that we have ahead of us. It also shows the amount of power that the government holds um, in giving away these Title IX mm-hmm. exemptions to these schools. So I think I think if anything, the positive light there is showing us you know who is the problem and what we need to do in order to change the problem and i think that reap is effectively going after the source of the problem whereas you know we can like we can do direct action demonstrations like those are great and we need to keep doing them but Ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, we have to take down the system that's oppressing people <laughs> mm-hmm. and we have to address yeah. the system that's oppressing people. Mm-hmm. So, and right now, like, we know that the Department of Education is handing out Title IX religious exemptions to these schools. We know that they're tax exempt schools. Mm-hmm. We know that they're receiving taxpayer money. I mean, so just. Yes, they are. Calling out all those pieces, um, I think so mm-hmm. that's what is moving in a positive direction for me um, as I look at this work for Reap. Um, yeah, so it's it's I think it's going it's headed in the right direction. we're calling out the right things, and we're we're gaining momentum even though that that situation that happened at Brigham Young was obviously like disappointing, you know.
0: I'm curious, Erin. The we bring up that they, these schools, like Brigham Young, does receive federal money, millions of dollars in federal money. But it's through, I, I did read that Brigham Young received it through a grant. Is that the loophole that they have? Is that it's grant money?
2: Yeah, I mean, for some of these schools, they're they're trying to find loopholes and ways to receive money from donors and other places. Um, So they can stay funded because I think they're preparing themselves for if and when, you know, they start to lose federal funding um, or they start to Mm -hmm. lose accreditations because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be seen as academically viable anymore. Um, Because Mm -hmm. the other thing we have to remember, too, is that these like an academic institution is not a church. It's an academic Mm -hmm. institution and it needs to be held accountable as such. So um but yes they are trying to find loopholes and we're trying to close those loopholes you know where and if Good. we can it's it's just pretty wild out there right now.
1: Yeah. We we got into this very much so when I had my own experiences with Walsh University it's a very similar tale. I was hired for, to do their beauty pageant and then uh, their male pageant or whatever, which a male beauty pageant already is pretty gay, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the Vatican announced that they wouldn't <laughs> announce same se- they wouldn't uh, recognize same sex marriages within hours, I was fired. I saw the connection there clearly. Um, it was phrased in a way that sounded like it was a connection, even though they denied it. Whatever the situation, I lost my I lost the gig. No big deal, right? Mm. But. Um, It was the amount of letters that I had received, the amount of my inboxes were filled with current students, former uh, students and alumni, uh, faculty members, all who have been mistreated because they were LGBTQ. And um, coming to find out that they had been trying to, again, have a safe space, uh, much like the students you were talking about earlier, just a safe space, a place that they could meet up, but they weren't allowed to put LGBTQ in any emails. They weren't allowed to show rainbow signs on any kind of things. They had to basically break down to profiling to wonder if somebody might be gay or not in a, in a place in a climate where it's not safe to look gay. You know, students were called um, faggots for having a pride, pride flag in her window, you know? And um, the, the energy on campus was not safe. They had a similar racial issue uh, when the black lives matter movement was happening and they created like some sort of a summit there. And we were hoping that they could do one for LGBTQ people, but it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. Now we stay in contact with all of the wall students um they're still going through this there still has been no response to their immediate filing for a club uh they've gotten no response um you know they claim some of these schools do you know they have, they'll have pe- like girls who seemingly look like a lesbian couple sitting on a field in the brochure and they'll say everyone is welcome and um <laughs> you know the president of the school actually did a speech <laughs> Talking about having a meeting with a rainbow cross hung up behind him. Um, Some sort of art project that probably done in Mm, protest. (laughs) But like, you know, um, and it just was like, uh, the gaslighting is so enormous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we know that we've got involved in supporting those students, which we really appreciate. Uh, We're happy to keep Mm -hmm. that personal connection going to your work. We continue to revisit Walsh on the show, and we just just to see if the school is making any progress. We talked to the students; we had them involved. I think we had some of the Walsh students actually in our pageant, our Christmas pageant. Um, hey. but, uh, That's yeah. so awesome! But you know, they're they're trying to do a lot, and it's really been hard to see any action or impact. Like, are you seeing that other schools? I mean, they really, you know, they found the Walsh students found a gazebo on campus. Um, that wasn't on, even on the map. And so they've been able to meet there. And I, I've talked to, I've FaceTimed them whenever they have meetings there and we call it the gay And um, <laughs> at least they have like some secret little spot to go meet on campus to find each other. Um, but it's not easy. And a lot of what these schools do and what I'm seeing, what's happening with Walsh is they're waiting for these students to just graduate out. You know, as yes. soon as they graduate out, the, the new freshmen coming in won't, ha- won't have been there for that experience and won't be their cause. And they'll forget about it all over again.
2: So yeah, yes to all of this. Um, and I love the gazebo. I wish they had something <laughs> official there, but I'm glad that they have a meeting space that is at least safe and very gay. Um, but for so, now,
1: I wouldn't be surprised to hear the day they demolish it. You know,
2: I know. Way, so that's the
1: kind of situation <laughs> we're dealing with here. Yeah. One thing I really have to say is we watched, we got, we got, a, uh, one of the students gave us a link to the private, um, uh, student oh, council meeting where yes. they were going over everything. Really? It was four hours long. Yeah. And we watched it. Us gays watched it in my, uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> we had our popcorn. In my, oh in,
0: my God.
1: in my Florida place. And we were watching it all snuggled oh. up and we were eating popcorn. And it was intense. And it was the black student union, the president of the black student union mm. that actually stood up mm-hmm. and said, You know, we will give you a space. Like you can, we we don't even have to be there. Like we'll we'll make it the minority union because we know what it's feel like to be an other on this campus. And I think what people don't realize in private campuses, especially these tax exempt ones, that they can do anything they want behind those doors, anything they want behind those walls. And it's like it's time to start investigating like what's going on and what our money goes to because it all equals money.
2: Yeah, it all comes down to the money for sure, Um, and. It's so many things there. Like, first of all, I want to say that we are helping the students at Walsh. Um, We help them create a petition. And um, I think it has over a couple thousand signers already on the petition for people supporting them of having a safe space on campus to meet. That's very similar to the story at Fresno Pacific that I mentioned earlier. You're right. Yes, the schools wait for these students to graduate so they can graduate out the problem. Um, But what REAP is trying to do is helping these students through monthly meetings create longevity and create a legacy within these groups that they're creating on campus. So by um, getting uh, younger classmen, like freshmen and sophomores, to take on leadership positions within the pride groups or within the, I mean, sometimes these groups are underground, you know, they're not always overground. Mm-hmm. Um, and the students have to stay anonymous to stay protected, but still they're creating a line, like a lineage of leadership so that they can't just graduate that's... out a senior. Who's,
0: Aaron,
1: Aaron, that's like such an ingenious thing you're talking about right now. If you're listening right now and you are an LGBTQ student that's trying to mobilize a group, put your youngest person Mm -hmm. in power and train them, make them be the leader you need them to be because they're going to be there after you're gone. So, you know, it's the babies, it's the little ones that don't know what they're doing yet. You you can do everything under their name, help them, help them grow into being a fierce queer leader.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what we're like. So we're starting up monthly meetings with these queer student leaders. um, And we're, we're growing that as we go. And we're helping them like come to that realization that they must train um, and you know, teach the younger students like how to take over the leadership positions, and then how to continue on that that lineage of training and things like that, so that these groups don't fizzle out because that happens a lot. Like groups will just fizzle out because the senior graduates yeah. and they get the hell out of there, and it's like, oh, you know. Um, so we're we're trying. There's a
1: student at Walsh that's like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get my master's here if I have to. I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm
2: <laughs> as well. I love that so <laughs> they have, much.
1: They do have. <laughs> They have that kind of energy there, which is one of the reasons I really love those, those students. I really do. I have such, I um, am going to be, as soon as I can, as soon as the, it's a little more uh, safer and everything else, I want to perform over there um, for them and have them all be able to come, you know, somewhere in Ohio. Uh, because all the other schools near them want me there now. Uh To yeah. sort of just and invite the Walsh students and have them as guests, you know.
2: That would be amazing. And maybe Reap could show up to something like that. And th- I mean, that would be. Well, I
1: won't do it without telling you. I'll tell you that right now. Okay.
2: Yeah. Honestly, let us like, know. I yeah, would love to go. Kind of
1: thing- yeah. I want to actually do a live Yash Jesus there if we do, you know, oh. when we get a chance to go do that too. So um, we'll definitely have you there and have you on the show again. That's, that's we're going to so get cool. Jesus
0: on the main line over at Walsh University and see <laughs> yeah, what he exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're calling
0: straight up to the top floor with this one. <laughs> yes, uh, we right. are we're calling the Lord.
2: And you're you were well, right. Am, like when you brought, I just want to mention one quick thing when you brought up yeah. like, and I think this is so important that these schools will, will court anybody under the sun. They will make you feel right. like you can spend your tens of thousands of dollars there, whether or not you're mm-hmm. queer or trans. But once you get there, once you're locked into like their, you know, policies and regulations and whatever, and their codes of conduct, then they've got you, you know. And and
1: they can kick you and keep your money. They, they can keep, keep, you your money. And keep your money. Your yeah. money. Walsh University told their students that if they got COVID, they could no longer live on campus on housing, but they still had to pay for campus on housing.
2: Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's That's just stealing. It is stealing. It's terrible. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) I mean, it just goes to show you like, you know, how they're, you know, how they're, how they're treating their student body.
2: Yeah. It's wrong. It's wrong and it needs to change.
0: Well, we're letting everyone know what Walsh University's left hand is doing. Um, Erin, if someone wants to tell their story or join the lawsuit, is this still an option and how can they do that?
2: Um, they would go to org, and actually they could just reach out to me, Aaron at thereap.org and um, okay. they could get involved that way. There's al- also info at thereap.org if they want to share their story um, or if they have a situation or story, especially that that might be grounds to be involved in the litigation Um, but that's how they would get in contact with us for sure.
1: Okay. Thank you. Aaron Green, thank you so much for the work that you are doing. Like it is just holy work and we are so thankful for your work.
0: Thank you so much. It is truly
1: a ministry and it is truly a blessing, a mitzvah, a, um, just like an, an amazing, awesome battle. You're a soldier for us and for the LGBTQ community. And we, and we thank you.
2: Thank you. Nice. I appreciate that so much. It's it's an honor to do it for our community.
1: What, you could just tell us where uh, everyone can find all the information about REAP.
2: Uh, visit us at thereap.org. We're also on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's REAP underscore LGBTQ. That's where you can find us, recirculate our stories, um, help us spread the word about what's going on.
1: Thank
0: you. (laughs) All right. Yes, Jesuits, your tithe, love offering charity, act of good this week is to check out Religious Exemption Accountability Project. They're doing such good work to support LGBTQ students at conservative faith-based universities and especially anti-LGBTQ campuses. So, check out. TheREAP.org. Thank you so much for
1: joining us, Aaron. Um, Listen, everyone, we are going to bow our heads in prayer right now, unless you are driving, because Jesus can't actually take the wheel. So, uh, listen up. Uh, Dear Father God, we continue to pray for the LGBTQ students at Brigham Young University. They need all the love and all the support that they can. God, please, keep them safe. Keep them harassment-free. Minimize their stress, and let them know that they are loved. And we yes. want to thank you, God, for the work of Aaron and the Religious Exemption Accountability Project. What they're doing is truly a ministry, and they are changing lives. While young people are out there in schools, trying to find out who they are, trying to become somebody in the in the workspace, especially at schools that we've talked about, where they're training educators and healthcare professionals and nurses and and people who should be able to be around and love and just coexist even with lgbtq people. Um, lord we pray that that, that reap could continue to reap amazing benefits for these these wonderful people and their allies that are hidden right there in plain sight.
0: Yes and we give thanks and praise for Nate and all the blessings that are falling on him in his life. Let him share that love and joy and peace with others. And we pray for the girl with glasses. A sudden move could mean something traumatic. So we pray that she's safe and that you offer her comfort and peace during this time.
1: Yes, God bless you and thank you all. And we pray for God, for all of you, for happy, fulfilling, stressful lives this week and amen. Amen. thank you for listening yes amening thank you for listening to another <laughs> episode of Yash jesus you can find us on social media at Yash jesus pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. if you like the show please consider becoming a monthly sponsor you can buy us coffee and find the links to do so in the show notes if you haven't yet please leave us a review or share us with a friend that's a free way to help us meet new people and keep this show running
0: You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yesjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show, so drop us a line and send us a recording on yes jesus
1: yeah send us your praise reports your prayer requests episode ideas guest ideas or even just a i want to reap love and justice we'll hear from you we would love to hear it so yeah just hit us up at yes jesus yes, jesus is hosted by me danny franzese and,
0: and- always Always trying to sow bountifully, Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon ross Murray and Meredith Pauly. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Sam Ispen.
1: Gosh, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustilios, and Steve Michaels. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your gay-ass Christian podcasts.
0: And remember, God loves you just as you are, even you, Brigham Young University. So
1: keep praising the Lord, babies and gentle thems.